cock that four fifth and let that bitch drive. Duck the lights down and don't go outside. Cock that four fifth and let that bitch drive. Let the gun blow, them bodies air dry. Duck the lights down and don't go outside. Hello, beautiful humans of planet Earth. My name is Darius Bashar, and you are tuned in to the Create Therefore podcast. This is a podcast where we find creators, artists, and innovators, and we ask them all sorts of questions around their origin stories, their creative processes, their beliefs, their inspirations, their drives, but also we want to know about those dark moments that often have some of our greatest lessons in them. Our guest today goes by many titles, rapper, poet, director, writer, and even dancer. (laughs) Early on in his life, he was exposed to many of the harsh realities that are common in city housing. Gangs, drugs, and violence were unavoidable. But despite the many challenges, he was determined to take a negative situation and create something beautiful. It wasn't long until his love for poetry and creation would bring him into the hip-hop music world as a rapper. Throughout his youth, he was deeply influenced by classic 90s rap such as Nas, Tribe Called Quest, Most Def, and Biggie. But also, he was inspired by contemporary conscious rappers today such as J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, and Chance the Rapper. Two weeks ago, he was 16 years old. That's right. Our next guest is 17, but he's already a powerful and prolific creator. Akil, my brother, welcome to Create Therefore. Hello, that was a lot. That made me feel a lot more special than I am. Yeah? Because <laughs> sometimes I do reflect. I do it a lot, actually, where I think about you never know where you're going to be. And, like, last year, I never thought that I'd be doing a podcast. So I always think, like, what am I going to be doing next year? Yeah, I or think... even two years ago, I never thought I'd make music. How do you feel about that randomness of life? Because I like to have what I'm doing planned out, sometimes it takes you by surprise, but... Being surprised isn't a bad thing, necessarily. Hmm. I want to know what it was like for you in your household and your community growing up around the perception of art and being an artist. Even as a child growing up, a lot of children just think and do what they want, not based on, they don't have that, that pressure from society yet. So I didn't have that pressure to do any type of art yet. But then as you get older especially doing like hip-hop and rap, you're expected to talk about certain things. That's what I noticed growing up around art. What do you mean certain things? Certain things like money, drugs, sex, selling drugs, buying drugs, making drugs, everything. Yeah. So what's your take on that? Listening to that kind of music is okay in healthy amounts. It shouldn't be all that you listen to either. Like it's It has a f- like not a feel-good vibe to it necessarily, but you can jam out to it, listen to it at a party, all right, cool. But when you listen to it so much, it's, it takes over your being and what you start to stand for and what you believe. And music access is a different part in our brains that people don't know. So when you listen to that all the time, so that's why I don't. And I feel like it's healthy for art to not be limited. Limited means being in the definition of what that genre is supposed to be, I guess. Mm. So I don't let hip-hop be limited to just money sex drugs because it's so much more than that it's storytelling and knowing the roots of hip-hop helps too because i know and i can respect where that comes from and be about that myself 
poet versus rapper. Do you see that as two different sides of yourself or is that integrated? Mm, I mean, both. Po rapping is my poetry, but at the same time, I do them differently. And they'll be about different things. Like when I'm writing a song, some there's more structure to it. I have to write verse, hook, verse, hook, or whatever the case may be, whatever. But poetry is a little bit more free-formed. But it depends on the type of poetry I'm doing. If I'm doing slam poetry, then it has to be three minutes and 20 seconds or less. Yeah. But if I'm just writing to write, then it's just free-formed and it's, there's no structure to it. So my hip-hop is my poetry, but at the same time, they're different. Is it the same you that shows up for both those activities? No. No. Recently, well, the reason I started doing music was mostly because I felt like poetry was starting to... I was starting to talk about the same things because I was writing to please a slam audience. So I was just talking about what I think that they would like. So I was using music to talk about things outside of that in a four-minute song instead of doing it in three minutes. So that's... So I felt like that, basically. So if we're going to compare one podcast Darius versus portrait photography Darius versus filmmaker Darius versus editor Darius I actually have to like make myself imagine I'm a different person yeah each time yeah because yeah. I'm using different parts of my brains and yeah. I have different characteristics mm -hmm. I'm wondering that if that exists for you in your multi-disciplines that you play in um no because sometimes I will let them overlap intentionally because they can like I can turn a music video into a dance routine depending on the song or I can turn a poem into a song. So I let them overlap sometimes. I don't really let them be so separate because I feel like that'll block me from creating. Mm, that's yeah. interesting. I know. But, but I do see where the difference is in my poetry and my hip hop. Like I can see that because hip hop is made... It's music, so you want people to feel it and vibe to it. I can't just go on a beat and just do it like a poem because it's not going to be the same. There has to be a flow. I have to find the upbeats and the downbeats. I have to find all of that. So you're understanding the, the medium you're playing in. Yeah. And the genre and the, the audience's expectations. Yeah. And you're working within that. How do you feel about definitions and boxes? I don't like them because they make you feel they make you feel little like that's all you can be. But there's so much more like I'm never going to say that I'm just a poet because I can be so much more than that. And I want to do so much more than that. So even just titles in, in in itself is similar to definitions because I feel like they make you feel little. So you have to always know that you're more than that or you can expand yourself beyond that. If I met you at a party and I'm like, hey, how's it going? I'm Darius. I am a photographer and podcaster. Who are you and what do you do? See, that's hard because I feel like I do so much. I don't want to just say one thing. I don't want to just say, oh, I'm a rapper because I'm like, shit, I'm also this and I'm also that. So, okay, so then I guess I'll just say I'm an artist. But then people say, what kind of art? But then when they say what kind of art, then that means they're asking for a conversation. So you can go into it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, is there a difference in your head between artist and creator? No. Yeah. Both. Yes and no. Because I feel like if you're a good artist, then you're also a creator. But sometimes creators, artists are, I feel like artists are people that also perform. 
and also want their art to be known. Otherwise, creators will just create it and just let it be. That's an interesting definition. I like that. Your poetry. Where do your ideas come from? Mm, music, mostly, a lot of the time. Music, other poems, life. If I see something on the street that's intriguing, I can take that moment and draw onto it, onto something similar that I've seen, something similar that I've known, and write about it and turn it into something. Are they 100% yours? And what I mean is not like, did you take them from another source? But do you believe there's anything above you, a higher power, higher source that sometimes will work through you? Yeah, I believe that through me, my ancestors will speak through me and any sort of like spirits that are before me or wisdom from before me comes through me because I feel like I do feel like sometimes I know a lot for my age and that's not to sound like oh I'm better than people who are my age but sometimes I feel like what I know I don't want to say it and sound like disrespectful but what I know is just sometimes I feel like I just know it I didn't learn it anywhere I just know it and same thing with my art sometimes it just happens Mm. when did you first experience poetry through music because like I said hip hop is poetry so when my mom played Busta Rhymes or whoever she played I can't name like I can't think of names right now but but I distinctively remember Busta Rhymes because when he had his his dreadlocks at the time and he used to come on TV used to scare me so much (laughs) and his video with Janet Jackson I think it's called What's It Gonna Be oh man I love that video used to scare me yeah and it would always come on BET because BET plays the same songs and same videos like every day and it would always come on BET and it was it would always scare me, but then growing up, like when I got older, probably I started listening to him maybe again two years ago, and I like looked into his music, and I realized that he is one of the like f- like forefathers of what it means to be carefree in hip hop, because he just spoke about whatever. He had such a unique flow, unique voice, unique style, unique sense of direction, and he was just like unique fashion. He had so much of it, and he was so creative. Yeah, and he's still in it. He still is. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about your 90s inspirations. The visuals for the 90s, I feel like they were so dramatic and and just out there that it was so intriguing. So that's why I like visuals. But then in terms of artists, I liked artists who were able to come up with flows and, and wordplay and use words that we don't use. So that's why I like Busta Rhymes. That's why I like Biggie because he has an amazing flow. Incredible flow. I like ODB. I like a tribe called Quest. I love Nas because when he came out with his first album, he was so young and he was talking about all that he's talking about. And I like Lauren Hill too. What do you think about the state of hip hop now? Ooh, we were just talking about this. I'm going to start with in Toronto. Okay. This is no sort of like disrespect, but I feel like hip hop in Toronto is just all about the same thing. And there's just two sides of it. There's, the gangsters, and then there's like the wavy Lil Uzis and the Lil Waynes of it. And those two, all they talk about is their money, how much money they got, yeah. And then bitches, quotes, drugs, how many Zans they're taking, how many perks they're popping. And it's like, there's so much more to that. I know you have stories, and then there's certain artists that I've found in hip-hop, in Toronto hip-hop that I've talked to, who have so much to say, but people don't listen. Because all they want to hear is that. And they want to hear that because of the global state of hip-hop. Global state of hip-hop is the same way. The only way 
there's only a few conscious rappers that'll ever get popular at a time. Right now, it's Kendrick and J. Cole. And they're killing it. They're killing it. They're, respectively, they're, they're amazing artists, but, but there's so many conscious rappers that should have the same recognition, but it's hip-hop is oversaturated with trap beats and hmm. and talking about the same thing. And it's like, yo, we all have different stories. Share it. And sure, our stories are similar because a lot of black men grow up without fathers and grew, grew up in, in government housing and whatnot, but you guys didn't all do that. You guys didn't all sell drugs to your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't all cook crack in your in your stove. It's it's not possible that you guys all do that. So they just talk about it to get famous. So hip hop is very money driven and materialized. It's about materialism. Yeah. Also, don't get me wrong. I feel like there's a part of hip hop where it's okay to be braggadocious and talk about like, oh yeah, I made it out of nothing. I did this and I did that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But it's not okay to talk about it all the time. That's all you have to say because there's so much more to you than that as a person. It doesn't matter what you believe in or or who you are. There's so much. People have stories. Every person has a story. Mm-hmm. So I think that braggadocious and being and bragging about your like funds is okay sometimes. Like, you know, put it out there once in, in a while. Put out a joke track. Be like, oh, yeah, I just made this. I was in the studio. I heard the beat. And like, oh, shit. Like, I was just thinking of this. Like, this is funny. This is dope. It can be. But when that's all you talk about and then that's what the and when that's all everyone's playing it becomes tired. But does it become tired if they're selling records and they're getting downloads? Not everyone grows up on 90s hip hop or like even 80s. Not everyone knows what hip hop is. So it's people who don't know hip hop. When the first thing you're introduced to is Lil Uzi, that's all you're going to want to hear. But when you're introduced to other artists who are lyrically better than what's out now, you won't want to just listen to what's out now. Mm-hmm. And when I say what's out now, obviously there's conscious rappers out now, but I'm talking about like the popular, what's on the forefront. Okay. So I want to take a step backwards mm-hmm. in time. I want you to just help our audience get a little snapshot, paint a little picture about your upbringing. Okay. So I grew up in Toronto. I was born in Scarborough and then me and my family moved to North York and both housing areas and then they're similar but they're different i feel like scarborough was a little bit worse and i live with my mom and my sister always had cats (laughs) and growing up as a child i always wanted to just play and have fun and i didn't think very like i didn't think very much about my actions which wasn't necessarily a bad thing all the time but i feel like i was a little mean spirit mean spirited child sometimes Mm mm-hmm but I'm not saying like I was like planning to set the school on fire or anything, but I was just like impulsive as a child. And so as a child that was a little impulsive, what was that like growing up? You grew up in Toronto housing? Yeah. Was it supportive of your playful? Yeah, no, that's how all the kids are in housing. They just all want to play and they all want to do stupid shit. Yeah. Climb on top of buildings and jump off of buildings and ride in shopping carts, ride your bikes in the middle of the road down the hill as fast as you can do skateboard tricks on on top of playgrounds like do anything sounds like kids in a lot of places yeah most kids i know when they were like eight years old they didn't start writing books i was just like trying to figure out like because i was reading so much i wanted to imitate what i was seeing so i was reading so much so i started writing just like writing little stories about whatever i read a lot of geronimo stilton so i was just writing stories like that i wasn't writing full-blown page to page cover to cover 900 page novels but i was just writing like as kids do well some kids do i don't know and they do that, but okay <laughs> i was just writing because i started reading early i started writing early 
what was that like? Was there support with? Yeah, my mom and my grandma loved it. My mom, my mom loved it. She's she taught me how to read it very young, but I was also interested in it myself. And then my grandma, she bought me this book that I still have. It's just like a reading book for young adult, not reading, writing book for young writing book for young adults. And it tells you how to like get your work published. I should probably read that now. What to write, and it just talks about like writing, how to get essays published or blogs published. It talks about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So I was definitely supported. Sounds like typical reading for like an eight-year-old kid. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Get, Every get, eight-year-old get, kid. Write, write, write blogs and books. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I was doing at eight. I was... But then at the same time, I was still playing outside. I still loved going outside. I don't know where I found all the time for everything, but I was doing it. Was there a point where you knew that you had some sort of talent or gift with words and poetry? Mm, I mean, not till I was older. Do you know that now? Honestly? Yeah. But I I guess saying that feels like I'm trying to be cocky, but I mean I guess like it's true. Like I You sorta of know that you're okay at poetry. Is okay, that what yeah, I'm I know that I'm okay. good at poetry. Yes. Okay, great, great, great. We got that locked down. What do you write about? What do you speak about? What I speak about sometimes is different from what I write about. Because what I speak about is what I feel like needs to be said, but sometimes what I write about doesn't need to be said. I read about how I'm feeling that day, about what I did that day. I don't need to share that. I'll turn it into a poem, but I don't need to share it sometimes. So what I speak about, very political, very reflecting on the current state of black males in society and black people. And then with that, under political comes like talking about materialism, talking about anything that I feel like is relevant, like Right, like recently I've been watching a lot of documentaries on opioids and heroin addicts and now that I'm more aware to that, that that even is a problem in Canada, especially with native youth in Canada, Yeah, I could write about it. It's an issue, but I never knew it was an issue. I hate to say it, but it only sort of got a lot of attention and funding when it spilled outside of natives yeah, and when people it started, of color. When and it, it starts was, affecting white people is when yeah. it gets attention. Yeah, and now it's an epidemic. Yeah. Like in across North America and they're yeah. realizing how dangerous it is. In documentaries they say that heroin addicts normally start off doing Percocets and Mollies. Yeah. Things like that. And then as soon as I heard that I just thought of future song, Molly's Percocet. Molly's Percocet, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. And it glorifies all that stuff. So I wanna dive into the heart of your poetry a little bit. Mm-hmm. But before I do that, I wanna know a little bit about your creative process. Okay. Um, what is your relationship between structure and flow? I know that in my poem book, it takes three pages to do a three and a half minute poem. So I'd be like, okay, it can't be more than three pages. But everything else, no, I don't write at a time of day. Normally, it just happens at night. I'm a night owl. I do my work at night, and that's not due to procrastination. That's when I feel like I'm most... Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but when I feel like I'm productive, yeah, most productive, that's the word. When I feel like I'm most productive is at night. And I don't know why it's just the wheels are turning in my head. I'm having all these ideas and maybe it's because I go to school all day. So then I don't want to come home right away and keep my wheels turning. Like you need a break just as a human. So a little like, bit of space between I guess, that, yeah. I guess that's what it is. My, cause if I don't go to school that day, I can write in the daytime if I feel like it. So what, what how do you know when the writing is good? I don't know. And I guess, and I'm not going to say I don't know until someone else hears it because I don't care about someone else likes it or not. It's my poem. I guess I know it's good when I feel it, I guess. When I, after I've developed it. So at first, I won't know if it's good or not. But then once I feel it, once I get into it, once I've 
read it out loud and found like the flow and like the ups and downs in the words and what um, syllables to emphasize. And then I know if it's good or not. Is it like linear? Like you like it a little, you like it a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. You really like it. Or does it go through like, I like it. I hate it. Oh, I love it. I, or like, what is it like? What's that experience as you create a new piece of poetry? Um, I don't think about whether I like it or not probably in, until it's mm, once I have like pages done, then I'm like, OK, I like this because I'm writing about it. I'm still writing. I just keep writing, just keep on going. And then I'll read it back each time. Like if I'm stuck, I'll read it from the beginning to where I have. And sometimes when I'm at the beginning, I'll find a line in the middle that could be changed. I'll find synonyms, different words that can be put in different places when I'm reading it back. And then I'll get to keep on going. So that just happens. It does reach a state of I don't like it, but that's if I stop working on it. Like if I feel like, okay, I'm done writing for today. Like I wrote a lot and then I go back to it like two weeks later. I'll be like, eh, maybe I don't like it. How do you judge the success of a poem? When it comes to slam poetry, obviously by the score, but like for me, if it's like how true it is. Judges can suck. Yeah, judges can mess up. But like the point of a slam is to win. So I'll judge it overall. If it's really true to me, then it's, great if it's true to me and i still get a two out of ten it's still great because it's still true to me regardless of the score do you have a favorite poem or a favorite line from a poem i don't know no they're like kids like you like them all the same i don't like them all the same but i like the ones i do like they're all the same i have different love for the ones that i do like or that are ones that i do love do you have any non-negotiables when it comes to creating like, I have to listen to music. No. Do you have a pen or a paper or anything that, like, it ha if it's not there, you know that your creativity is going to be held back? No, I can write on anything as of right now because I finished all my other notebooks. I'm writing in a black leather notebook, so that's nice. Most of the time it's in my room, but I can write anywhere. It doesn't really matter to me. I can think of something on the bus. I'll literally just be walking and I'll, I'll freestyle out loud sometimes. And I'll just think of a line and it'll be like, that's a poem or that's a song. I'm writing it in my notes. Do you know when to make it a song or when to make it a poem? Yeah, I can tell the difference. How? Mostly if it rhymes or not. My songs are more rhymey than my poems are. So like my poems are more like a couple stanzas of like the same amount of syllables or whatever. Then a few stanzas will have like all rhymes back to back to back to back to back. And then I'll just go like however. But songs, they have to rhyme. For them to be, especially hip-hop songs, to be good. Mm. Not to be good, but... To be sticky. Yeah. Yeah. So you as a creator, when do you feel most full and powerful? Uh, I don't know. Like, when are you like, you just feel fucking alive? When I can... When I'm just feeling the song, like, or feeling the poem, when I'm so into it that nothing else is occupying me not my phone not who's in my house that's when i feel like i'm creating to my maximum potential so i have to, I have to be fully indulged for, to get that feeling why do you think humans have that experience what do you think is going on is it just basic creativity is there something else happening well in terms of creating i read this book i don't remember what it's called or what it's who it's by but it's an orange book. That's all I know. <laughs> it's an orange book, so go look for it. No. 
it, and it said that men specifically create because create art will create art and poems and and all these things because we this is a little bit outdated but i find it true because we can't create biologically and that's sometimes what people want the most is a child so because men can't reproduce we will create all these things to fill that void of loving something so much like a woman loves a child so i don't know if that answered the question but that's what that reminded me of but then mm. women can be mm. artists too so interesting and not all women want children so there's those arguments but i felt like that was really interesting i re- i heard this podcast the other day around uh how dangerous it is to think about your creations as your babies and mm. i was like oh shit man that's how i think about them and it was like if you think about your creations as your babies then you have to spend the rest of your life babysitting as opposed to just create put it out there and like Let it go be. back to creating yeah how do you know when a poem is finished and i feel like i have nothing else to say so sometimes that can be after five pages or it can be after half a page and either one is okay but in terms of slam poetry obviously if it's three minutes and whatever seconds but like when i'm just writing free form it's when i feel like i have nothing else to say when i feel like the topic has been said when i feel like i've put it into perspective well enough and it's a feeling you have yeah yeah and i guess everything is just based on feeling it sounds so cliche and it sounds like well is he gonna answer a question but it's it's feeling i get it man so what what do feelings mean to you as an artist everything because that's what i write about is what i'm feeling feeling is what drives the art so feelings have a spectrum for simplicity let's call them lighter feelings and darker feelings or which side of that spectrum is more productive to you as a creator i guess darker feelings because when you're performing poetry people just want to hear like the worst shit in the world and no one wants to hear about how no today my day was fantastic i bought an ice cream and i had a smoothie it's not people don't find things like that interesting so it's like i guess more productive if i'm performing darker but i neither are more productive than the other but in the sense of performing, just performing, darker. So do you have any practices that get you closer to those darker feelings? Mm-mm, no. They just naturally come. Yeah. Well, by darker feelings, do you mean like anger and... Yeah, anger, sadness. Anger. Yeah, yeah, like uncertainty. But uh, then also, I feel like because those feelings are so natural, they don't have to be so weighed down sometimes. Like you can be angry without being negative sometimes. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset that whatever happened. It's okay. Like sometimes I feel like being angry is just like, ah, don't be angry. Be happy. Yeah. It's okay. I can be angry if I want. And I agree. I think it's dangerous when you suppress those feelings. I think they're all natural. So let's dive into the the heart of your poetry for now in terms of like the content, content you talk about. Yeah. It feels like to me that the last three, four years, racial tensions, particularly in the States, but yeah. all over the world. But because the States have such an impact on pop culture, it affects everywhere. Yeah. And the fact that racial tensions have become pop culture is an issue in itself. I want to know, because I never hear this, because it's always like dudes on TV and like, you know, politicians talking about it. You're 17 years old. You're a person of color. Mm-hmm. What do you think's going on? The effects of history. That's the only thing. History is what got us here. 
My family's in Jamaica and not in West Africa because of history, because of slavery. So because of that and that hatred of events like that, not only slavery, the gen- all the genocides around the world, but because of that, that tension has never went away because it has never been solved. But you can't solve something that's been happening for so long, I feel like. Like, there's no, there's no solving to racism almost because look at how many years it's been. And there's so many people that are making a change, but what's really changed is the question. And sure, black people are allowed to sit at the front of the bus, but that's so small. It's so small, but so big. If you think about it, at that time when whatever protests were going on, black people were allowed to sit at the front of the bus legally, but white people will still look at you any type of way because you're sitting there. Yeah. So it's like the mindsets have been always passed down, so that's why it's nothing has changed. Sure, laws have changed because people have fought for them, but mindsets don't change. And sometimes laws change, but people don't care about laws. People break laws every day. So it's like, why should I care about the law? So what do you do as a young black man? Do you give up? Do you... No, I'm at this place where I don't care about what people think. So whether you're a racist or not, if you're just thinking like that, then I don't give a fuck. That's your brain. That's not my brain. I don't care what you're thinking. So I don't give up, but I write about it. I do art. To talk about it you have to talk about something just so that people know what's going on and maybe if they care enough they'll be aware and they can change you know my goal isn't to change how everyone's thinking but sometimes people will people will be more aware and whether or not they change they say they're going to change sometimes you change in your subconscious and your actions change without you knowing so i feel like the power is more in the hands of society it's so easy for people to affect other people because so- it happens every day you don't see things about public figures and or you don't see things about leaders every day you you see people on the street every day so when you see an interaction on the street or you see an interaction at an event that's so much more personal than seeing it on a tv so it affects you so much more differently so when you look at the state of hip-hop music and trap music and all that stuff what are your your, what are your feelings like how do you want to position your music in a way to stand up for your values i want to inspire enough artists to, to do something different and I'm not saying everyone go be a boom bap, Tupac, Biggie flow, but I'm saying be different. Don't be a drug dealer, gang banger, like, okay, yeah, woohoo. We've seen that. Be different. I'm not saying be like me. Just be different. So how do you know what your different is? Because I'm being me and nobody else is me. It's that simple. I'm being me and I'm not looking at another artist and being like, oh shit, what effect did he use to get that on his voice? I want that. That's not me. There's a difference between inspiration and emulating. Sometimes it's hard to know who you are. Yeah. Sometimes it's really easy Sometimes to get caught re- up. Yeah, it's really, especially when things are glorified in hip-hop like it is. Like Everyone wants to live so wealthy, so it's so easy to become someone else. Mm-hmm. So t- tell us who you are right now. I'm, I guess, just a creative being looking for energies to collide with and just to create. I like that. And how much room do you have for that to be fluid and changing? All the room, because I'm okay if it changes. I like change. Change doesn't scare me like it scares other people. And if there's anyone out there, whether they're 8 years old or 80 years old, Mm -hmm. that feels some sort of connection to art and expression and is scared or a little timid of sharing of expressing of 
you know, letting the world hear their voice. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for them around how to get over that uh, reluctancy? Let yourself hear your voice first. Know what that you're, what you're saying is true. Because when it's true and when you know that it's true, know that what you're doing is for yourself first. And that it's for your understanding and for your growth before you do it to please anyone else. Yes, it's amazing for the world to hear your voice. But make sure you've heard it first. I like that a lot. I want to just do one last segment here. And it's a rapid fire segment and it's really just fun. Okay. I'm going to start a question or a statement and you're just going to finish it. It's honestly just fun. Feelings are pointless. <laughs> I love how the man who said feelings are everything also said feelings are pointless. That's the first thing that came to my mind. That's not how I feel. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I believe in love. There's a song that goes like that. So I don't know. That's the first thing that came to my roll mind. Roll with it. When I grow up. I want to be famous. That's from the Pussycat Dolls. I'm going to only think of songs. <laughs> You're going to have a tough one with this one. The world's greatest challenge is. Living. The world's greatest gift is. Dying. If you really knew me, you would know. I love peanut butter. Straight peanut butter, no peanut butter jam. Peanut butter and jam on bread. Peanut butter on one side, peanut butter on one side, jam on only one. Wow. So you get a lot of structure when it comes to your peanut butter and jam sandwiches. It has to be like that. But your like poetry and rap music is it's like flow. Food is very different. I'm very picky. Okay. And peanut but I'm not picky at all. At the peanut same butter, time. peanut butter, one jam. One jam, not a lot of jam. Amazing. Last question I want to ask is uh, what's coming up for you? Any new album releases? Any new performances? Ooh. I'm going to Texas for a poetry slam. I'm planning to release more music. I have three. I have a song, a music video, and a song that I haven't released yet. I'm working on a new album. An album, not a mixtape. So whether or not I have the fan base to listen to it, I don't care. But I want something like I was talking about, a refresher to hip-hop. Working on something large. So, And where can people find you online? You can find me at, at akilv 2 A-K-I-L-V2. I only use Instagram. I have Twitter. I have Tumblr. But I don't use it. I don't use Facebook. No one add me on there. I hate that. I don't <laughs> accept anybody except for four people. That's it? You have four friends on Facebook? I don't use it. It's it's complicated. Okay. Cool, man. All right, brother. Thank you for your time. And thank you for opening up and giving us a glimpse into your creation and your artistry. That was very little. I felt like, that was, like there's so much more. Yeah? There's like a I universe. Ho I hope so. I hope so. And I want to put into my my art always. Cool, brother. All right. That's us. We'll catch you guys next week. Create Therefore. Peace.